This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Welcome into a brand new episode of Dimming the Gaslight. This is my 50th episode, and what better way to celebrate 50 episodes with a huge victory today in court, but I couldn't have done it without my lawyer. I'm here with Brittany Parisi from Parisi Law Firm out of New Jersey. Brittany, say hi. Hi, everybody. Very, very excited to be here and talk about this big win today. Yeah, we fucking killed it. Well, listen, Brittany. Before we came on the air, I said, you better have a drink in your hand because I'm about to do something I've never done on this podcast. Are you ready? For all yeah. the listeners out there, I don't know, Brittany, can you see my my screen right now? I'm uh, looking at uh, your show. Yeah. All right, ready? Listen. I don't know if you heard that, but this is my celebratory drink. I just cracked on the air. Cheers. Thank you for doing this with me. I am so psyched for this one. Cheers. All right, so everybody get a drink in your hand. Let's celebrate this shit. So let's give you a little backstory about what's going on. A couple of weeks ago, I said I begged on a podcast and I said I started a GoFundMe page because I need to file an emergent motion to get my children for Christmas, okay? So I started the GoFundMe page. Thank you to everybody who contributed to that. Um, Just days before Christmas, Brittany and I were talking and I said, we got to get this motion filed uh you know we couldn't have raised all this money off or not right we got to get this done so um i called Brittany, and Brittany said listen the the facts speak for themselves and when, when i say this facts speak for themselves dcpmp which is the protection for child services said that they found my case not established which means i'm not a threat to the children doesn't mean that something couldn't have happened but it means i'm not a threat to the children that's number one number two i passed two alcohol and drug testings um, my next, as you guys have all come to know her, said that I was a drug addict and an alcoholic. I am not. And uh, I've gone through supervised visits, as you guys have listened through the YMC, you know, through the y- local YMCA in, in uh, a town. And let's call a spade a spade, Brittany. That YMCA is kind of in the hood. I don't want to go there anymore. Yes, I, I, I don't disagree with you. And They gave me like a private entrance to go in. And if I can be honest with you, I mean, the YMCA is... Children don't want to be there either, really. No, it's, it's, it's so an cool environment. Right. So I had my kids for five hours in, let's just call it 100 days, five hours in the last 100 days. 
So Brittany and I put our heads together and we said, all right, time to file this motion. So Brittany, talk a little bit about what goes into filing the motion so that the judge will take notice of this as an emergency. Sure, absolutely. So um, unlike filing a regular motion, which in New Jersey is called a notice of motion, uh, when you're filing something on an emergency basis, you file what's called an emergency order to show cause, okay? And these are reserved for very particular special circumstances where truly there's irreparable harm that will be caused if the, if the court does not intervene. These motions are extremely hard to pass the first round of muster, which is pass, the, pass muster on the law of, is this an emergency? There's a seminal case called Crow v. DeJoya, okay? And that sets out the four elements that you need to meet in order to even get the judge to hear your motion as an emergency, okay? Mm -hmm. And what I, tell, what, I, what I told you and I tell every client, I say these are almost impossible to win on the emergent basis. Now, what that means is that not that the merits of your case and the merits of what you're asking for uh, were not you know, uh, winnable, but every judge looks first at, is this an emergency? Is this truly an emergency? I always heard like, like emergencies were reserved for like, hey, the ex is taking the kids to like Greece without me knowing and they're getting on a plane right now and we have to stop. Uh, yes, that, that, that's certainly a situation that we would absolutely file an emergency motion. But um, this situation, the reason why, you know, we I thought it appropriate to file an emergency here is because emergency motions, first of all, you're not going to prevail on an emergency motion if it's something about finances, okay? Okay, sure. Uh, typically, those will always get denied as the as a non-emergency. Mm -hmm. However, here we're talking about what's in the best interest of your children. Right. It's not having seen your children for more than five hours in what tomorrow will be 100 days, I was very confident that the judge, any judge we got, whether it was the judge who was familiar with your case or just on rotation, would be very concerned and take that seriously because one, I've seen it happen in the past. Holidays are are are, are a big are, are a big deal, especially when you have young children. Now, as far as you know, whether we were going to be successful or not. I prepped you for this, remember? I mean, I mean yeah. you might want to tell everybody what I told you is sort of, go ahead if you want if you want to tell them what I told you. So you and I met at a local restaurant for yeah. three hours and we went over my entire case. And we said, you know, first of all, the evidence speak for itself. The facts is all there. It is a largely um, not in the best interest of my kids, but not only is it not in the best interest of my kids, it's a detriment to them. They're six and four years old. They're going to remember these times. And, uh, you know, we'll get to some of the things that these jerks said while we were in the courtroom. But uh, as long as you'll let me touch on it as my lawyer. But, um, yeah, the yeah. girl just said this is, this is an emergency. There is nothing about this that doesn't constitute an emergency. And taking it one step farther, as you just said, holidays is such a big deal for everybody that think of all the people that were probably doing the same thing as me. And this kind of rose to the top. That should show you how much of an emergency this is. Uh, yes. And if I may add something as well here, there's a lot of attorneys who will say, absolutely not. I'm not filing an emergency motion two days before Christmas. Uh, 
because I just know the judges don't really want to hear it and don't really want to deal with it. And, you know, when you came to me and we met, I heard your story and I said to myself, this, this person did not hire me for me to roll over and give the typical response. And then the other lawyer would give, which is sorry, I'm on vacation. (laughs) I don't this, by the way, but I'm in Puerto Rico right now. Okay, Brittany's telling this this interview right now from Puerto Rico. So we're gonna get to that. So okay, let me keep walking you through what happened. So Go I told I told Brittany, I said, listen, we gotta file this motion, right? So she gets the motion in, and uh, she she files it with the court, and she also emails my Nexus lawyer. Immediately, she gets a kickback from the Nexus lawyer that says that my Nexus lawyer, someone died in her family, and she gets a kickback. And says, um, I'm out of office. If this is an emergency, re-forward the email, put emergency in the subject, and contact the office of uh, my Nexus attorney. So that's what Brittany did. And then Brittany got the head of the firm on the phone. And then what happened, Brittany? So I got the head of the firm on the phone and she explained, listen, this is really not my case. Um, I don't know anything about it. So do you think there's a way we can push this till the next day or we can wait until whatever, until um, until the main attorney on the case got back from the family emergency? No, tough shit. And, I, and my response was, listen, I said, I'll shoot it to you straight. I'm not going to sandbag you. I'll tell you what's in the motion. I'll give you the brief breakdown. I hit all the points. Soon as she heard it, she said, okay. Let me call the client and I will call you back. Well, hold on. Before she said that, though, she goes, okay, what is he seeking? Right? Oh, right. And we said, okay, I'm seeking 12 p.m. on Christmas Eve to 6 p.m. on Christmas Day. And she goes, oh, come on, be reasonable. And Brittany's like, reasonable? The guy missed his daughter's birthday. The guy missed Halloween. The guy missed Thanksgiving. He missed the first day of school. I've missed every goddamn thing in between. What is unreasonable about this? And she goes, oh, my court, my, my, uh, client's not going to go for this so i said okay well then tell her we're seeing in court go ahead and what happened after that one thing i think we're forgetting to add is that um you were cleared i was cleared by ecdp so that that's where i was that's what made me very confident that it didn't matter to me whether we were going to negotiate or we were going to go to court being clear by dcpmp that right there i knew i'm going into this with a position of strength right Hell yeah. So she got on the on the horn. Oh, sorry. I just kicked my desk and made a big boom. Um, she got on the horn with uh, my my next lawyer, got on the horn with my next, and they came back with they wanted supervised visits. And I said, why? I've been cleared by DCPMP. I passed my drug test. I've done the supervised visits. What is the reason? And she came back with the most outlandish <laughs> allegation that my son is so scared of me that when he's around me, he shits himself. Yep, that's <laughs> he's exactly. laughing. I'm laughing. I'm laughing because that's exactly what they said. And <laughs> you want to hear my response to that? Yeah. My response was, that's really interesting because he's seen him. He's seen um, the son for only five hours in the last 100 days. And uh, that sounds like a problem for your next. I'm not a problem for my client. Right. Because- and then if, if he's sending himself, how does that have anything to do with my client? I've been, I've barely been a parent for the last six months. How, how is that my fault? Potty trying your six-year-old. You tried to be a parent. They haven't let you. 
<laughs> anyway, they came back with they wanted supervised visits. And Brittany called me and I said, no. She said, you know what? You will guarantee that you'll get your kids for Christmas if, if you adhere to, to supervised visits. I said, I understand that. But for 14 months now, I've been rolling over and turning the other cheek. And for me mm -hmm. to continue to keep turning the other cheek sends this message that I will take the crumbs that they give me and not the whole meal. So I, in my head, I hear you, Brittany. I understand what you're saying, that I could get my kids. But I said, I'd rather have a judge tell me that you have to have supervised visits than me succumb to her telling me that I have to have supervised visits. And Ruby asked, I have a question for you. Shoot. Why? Why was that important to you? To take control away from her. There you go. Yeah. There you go. I'm there not going to lie. To take control away. She she shouldn't have control. She's not more of a mother than I am a father. They are not more her kids than they are my kids. And I know at the bottom of my heart, I am a great dad. I know I'm a great dad. And I don't mean to toot my own horn, but I know that I am. So there's no reason that I should be, you know, having to deal with this. And I can tell you something. Uh, let me tell you something, right? Mm -hmm. When you said to me, you know what? I'm not going to fold over. I'm not going to take another one on the chin because. Oh, yeah. That, that really resonated with you. When you said that to me, I, I realized I said, you know what? I said, I said, Brittany, you to myself. I said, Brittany, you have an opportunity right now to be the attorney that this guy hired. He didn't hire me to just let him take it on the chin didn't hire me to let them call the narrative hired me to take this mess of a case put the pieces together and then restructure the narrative and control it and bring it to the court and you i will give you so much credit matt you are the one who lit the fire under my ass Hell yeah. you fought for yourself and that's what i've seen you've been doing since the beginning you are your own best advocate and just to go like one step further outside of your case here, if there's any advice I could have for any litigant whatsoever, you have to be your own best advocate. So if your attorney is telling you something that you're just like, that's not going to work for me. I don't like that. Fight for your position. Because yeah. you convinced me to fight for your position. I said, don't I call. I said, you got to call their call on what? Call their bluff. Call their bluff because I know from my past experiences, when I put a fire under their ass, they fold like aluminum foil, and I know it. And that's key because a a a great client, a great client who 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 knows the psyche of the other side, is it's invaluable to an attorney. I don't know your next the way you do. I hadn't been involved in the case up until now, so you telling me that. You know, I took um, I took cues from you and I said, OK, let's do it. But what did I do? I did also set expectations for you and said, here's the way I see it could play out. We very much at the end of the day could end up with a supervisor. But you're the client. Don't ruin the ending. Don't ruin the ending. No, but you're the client, I said, right? I said, so all the shots. So and that's what we did. We pursued exactly what you wanted. So go ahead. Now I'll let you you from there all right so what happened okay so that's exactly it so um they come back and they say we want a supervisor i said no we'll see you in court right so um that was so my nexus lawyer reached out to Brittany. it only took maybe 10 or 15 minutes half an hour after that we get a letter from the court saying no this is an emergency like no it is an emergency and it was from the judge 
and he read, I mean, it wasn't a long motion. Most of these motions are really long-winded, but this was really cut and dry. You know what I mean? So we got that within 30 minutes, and he said everybody appeared that day. We had filed the motion maybe at noon. By He goes, everybody appeared in person at 3.30 p.m. And Brittany was also in court herself. She had her own thing going on, so she couldn't appear. And so I was like, yeah, I rushed out of my office, and I got on the train out of New York, halfway between New York and New Jersey, and I'm in the tunnel. And Brittany sends me a Zoom link and goes, get on the call right now. And I go, holy shit. So I get on the call, and I'm waiting, I'm waiting. They never come on. So I can't really speak to this, right? But what happened between you and her lawyer and the judge when they wouldn't let me in that call? Sure. Okay. So, um, yes. So we had a call just, yeah, well, we had a, a Zoom, you know, so we're on camera just with the judge and the other attorney. Um, now, not the main attorney on the case, right? But the uh, head of the firm who was just covering, I guess, for that moment. And the judge brought us on to say, listen, uh, I, you know, I know that uh, Miss Crazy is new to the case. So, and I know that the head of the firm, um, are we, are we? Uh, I'd rather you not. Okay. Uh, so, so, uh, the judge said, I know that Miss Tracy is new to this case. And I know that, um, this other attorney who was not the main attorney on the map. So I wanted to see if the two of you had even spoken about this and if there's a chance that the two of you could resolve it. And I had expressed to the judge that we have spoken briefly. However, um, we had not heard a response back because apparently uh, opposing counsel could not get in touch with their necks at that point. My shocker. So, <laughs> right. So the judge said, well, listen, here's, uh, uh, let me go back. Actually, let me go back one step. Um, the head of, let's say opposing counsel tried to make the argument that, um, you know, we should wait until the main attorney on the case is back from the family urgency and that, um, you know, there's no reason that this that this should have to be dealt with today. And the judge said, and this is when I knew we were going into whatever comes next with a position of power. Okay? The judge said, I understand, you know, burying family member, whatever it is, is 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 a is a, is a difficult thing. But um, this father has not seen his children for more than five days in the last 100 days and i respectfully your honor it was actually five hours in the last almost 100 days and like i'm just gonna interrupt you because i always thought you said that wrong yeah no no yeah the, the judge the judge said five days and i i had to correct him and the judge said so um you know i'm looking here at this motion and it and i'm seeing that dcpmp cleared him not 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 established uh you know there's been the, he, he's he's done every evaluation he's supposed to do he's passed every evaluation at this point i i'm i do see this as an emergency so the judge said uh, essentially either you two figure it out tonight and with the clients come up with some consent order and agreement he said i see no reason why this shouldn't be able to solve between their attorneys to get us at least some new years Right then and there, I, I, I thought to myself, great, the judge wants my client to have parenting time through New Year's because our next court appearance is not until a few months down the line. Yeah, February 2nd. So February 2nd. I'm going to wait all that time. And, you know, like, I got to say, too, um, 
this isn't really digression, but just a, a side point. My last representation, my last lawyer was very afraid of this judge. He has a reputation of favoring mothers. And I got to tell you, I love watching you. I was going to say this. I love watching you drink that drink because it's such a celebration. Um, I, he had the reputation of favoring mothers and I'm not intimidated by this guy at all. Are you? I'm not intimidated by many people. Let me tell you. Okay. <laughs> but he seems so reasonable. He was, a, I will tell you this, he was very, very knowledgeable. He read the papers. And most judges, when an emergency motion comes across their desk, they read the papers. But why did we keep it short, Mac? Why? We kept it short. Because the more he has to read, the more he can go down this rabbit hole of, you know, not getting all the facts. But the facts exactly. speak for themselves. There's three bullet points. DCPMP cleared all, you know, drug allegations. And I've had my supervised visits. What are we doing? Why are we not letting this father have his kids? I think the entire sort of your entire certification was a total of maybe nine or ten paragraphs. That's it. Yeah, that's it. That and is all it needed. It's all it needed. And the and 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 we spoon fed it to the judge. Yeah. And he took it. Like yes. we, we we took the story, we stripped it down to what mattered on the law, right? Mm -hmm. it, the judge knew everything in the papers, everything. Mm -hmm. He was questioning. He was asking questions to the other attorney that were in our papers. That's how we knew he read them. Right, right. He was very knowledgeable. He ve he really, on such short notice, he really, uh, you know, familiarized himself with the case, and I love it. So, and all right. And I thought, I thought honestly, you know, I see a lot of judges make bad decisions. I hate to say it. I just think the it's just not. It's you know, you feel you think to yourself as an attorney. This is not the right outcome, but I did the best I could. Here, I will I will ruin the end. But what I'll tell you is this: is this was the right outcome because we did get that order yesterday. You want to talk about it? Let me explain it. Yeah, you explain it. So, when you file an order to show cause, typically you either get denied without having a hearing because they say it's a non-emergency, come back, file it as a regular motion. Or you have a hearing and then they deny it saying it's not an emergency, come back as a regular motion. Well, after we had the hearing with just the attorneys yesterday, we get an order from the court that grants this motion as an emergency, meaning they deemed it necessary to have a hearing today on it. Emer like I'm talking within three hours of filing the emergent motion. Within three hours, they wanted to hear her in person. So yeah, yeah. So then, um, they go back. They're they're negotiating over a, a, a supervisor until who knows what time you guys were doing that. But then, so they're nego negotiating over supervisor. And I gotta tell you, in my heart of hearts, I really did think that she would fold. I really didn't think that we would make it till this morning. I really didn't think that she wanted to go to miss work and and get into court. I didn't see any of that happening. But for the other side of me, I know she's very stubborn. I know my next is very stubborn and um, she doesn't want to be called out on her bullshit. So like if somebody she thinks that if she gets in front of a judge, just the sheer sight of her is going to make him crumble and she's going to agree with him. But so I wake up this morning. I got to tell you, I slept really well last night. Woke up this morning like, let's fucking go, man. And I so love your I love the energy because you know what you bring you bring that energy to me we vibe off each other right yeah, I mean you gotta be positive and you have to manifest the outcome you want yeah so I woke up super happy and uh 
it was funny. So as I mentioned before, Brittany for Christmas is going to Puerto Rico. And she's in Puerto Rico doing this interview right now. But the thing is, is that she was going to Puerto Rico. So she was going to be on a flight at 11 o'clock when the, the the hearing was supposed to be. So I she gave me her paralegal who, you know, she spoke very highly of and I had all the confidence in and truth be told, no offense to you. But like I said, I trust you to make the right decision for the paralegal. Go ahead. She... It's, it wasn't a paralegal. It was an associate. It's an associate. OK, I never sent you to court with a paralegal ever. <laughs> I okay. but it was an associate attorney, but go ahead. All right. So it was an associate attorney. And uh, so I get to the courtroom dressed up in a suit and I walk in and I see security. I put my bag down on the security thing to go through the x-ray machine. And they go, what are you doing here? And I was like, I have an emergent motion hearing with judge XYZ at this yeah. time. And he, and they go, um, no, it's a state of emergency. And I go, what? And they're like the weather. And I turn around, I look outside, and I go, it's raining. And they're like, it's a state of emergency. The court is closed. I'm like, it's a state of emergency? Like, is there a blizzard coming? They're like, no. I'm like, what? So I call your associate, and I go, where are you? She's like, I'm 10 minutes away. And I was like, they canceled it. And she's like, what do you mean? I was like, it's a state of emergency. She's like, how come we weren't told? I'm like, I don't know why we weren't told, but it's they're not here. There's no judges here. So she goes, okay, let me get it virtually, all right? So she gets on the phone. All of a sudden... Boom, Brittany calls me and goes, Mac, I'll be on the call. And I was like, let's go. It felt like that Rocky thing where, like, you know, Adrian's laying in bed and she goes, you got to do one thing for me. Win. And it was like, let's go. I was so fucking fired up, right? And so Brittany and I are just talking and uh, we were like, she's not going to fold. She's going to go to court on this. She's going to fucking see this through. And I'm like, listen, it's her funeral, right? So... We get in, we get on the call, and uh, he asks you to make opening statements. And do you remember some of the things he said? It's okay if you don't, but just, you know, as much as you can touch on. I mean, yeah, basically, I went through the, um, I went through the, well, first of all, I explained to the judge that, you know, we could try to resolve this. And um, we were stuck on the issue of supervision. And then went through just basically the bullet points of our motion papers, you know, DCPMP. Clear, do not establish no re no entity no court no, no nobody has found you a danger to your children number one for two five hours in a hundred days okay um uh uh i also spoke about the plans that your next had for christmas and I don't, wait, can i can we tell the joke that you said yeah go ahead oh no i like it okay so i said listen so before we get on the call, Brittany goes to me, she goes, I need you to be stoic. Do not smile. Do not laugh. Do not cry. Do not frown. Do not make a fucking face, Mac. She goes, you be stoic. She goes, you let her make all the fucking faces. So Brittany goes, well, let's take a shot at her. So she makes some faces. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. so the Christmas plans, Brittany, what did you set in front of my next? Cold. I'm allowed to say, I'm allowed to say the name. Yes, you can say it. Okay, so I said, um, I said, listen, my understanding, uh, the children are explaining that they're going to a, a friend's house with her on Christmas Eve, and on Christmas Day they're going to Fireman Jack's house. <laughs> Fireman Jack. I mean, he actually called him Fireman Jack on the on the fucking call. And you should have seen my nexus fucking skin crawl because she knew that we did it on purpose. 
she know that we called him Fireman Jack on purpose. Everybody who listens to this podcast knows it's Fireman John, but I could have seen the smoke blowing out of her ears. And Brittany did that on purpose. She called him Fireman Jack, which was that so was fucking funny. That was my probably favorite part of the whole thing. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I knew, I knew I, that, that, that was my message. Like, hey, uh, hey, next, I got your number, right? I got your number. <laughs> yeah. Like, and you know what the funny thing is? Is it was only me, you, and her who got that joke. Of course, of course. The of three course. of us, we fucked with her. We got in her head and called Fireman John, Fireman Jack. And it was just basically, nobody can see me right now. <laughs> Excuse me. Nobody can see me right now. Brittany, you can see me, but it's basically like, you know, you do the, yeah. almost the Italian under the chin, like the fuck you. That was our fuck you to you. So she goes, Brittany goes, yeah. And it's my understanding that she's taking the kids to Fireman Jack's house on Christmas. And my more. A paramour, right? And then, so that makes my ex fucking freak, and she's making all these stupid fucking, ew, like gross, like fuck you, Britney faces. And, um, you are perfect, but you are perfect. You, thank you. Sat there, and you were, like I said, first of all, you looked great. You, thank you. you. It was, it was, you were so calm, you didn't speak out of turn. And I can tell you, I've seen litigants ruin themselves, ruin things over making faces, over having reactions. And I, like I said, I told you, let me have the reaction. Let me make the faces because yeah. I, I embody all the frustration that you're feeling anyways. And, um, and it worked. I mean, it really worked. So, so let's, I don't know if you can get in the head of her piece of shit fucking attorney that was there, but can you talk about some of the claims that she made against me? Um, let's see. Well, I'm not going to speak uh, directly about the attorney, uh, herself. Okay. Just the, just the allegations that they made against me. And let's talk about the therapist. Let's talk about... Um... Oh, oh, yeah, sure, sure. I mean, listen, they're grass grass straws at the end of the day. It was um, that you know, the therapist of the, cha- that the children have been seeing, you know, uh, don't think it's appropriate for unsupervised visitation, even though, sorry, that therapist has not been deemed an expert in this case. No one's asked the therapist's opinion. The therapist is there to testify. Um, also, I mean, should we get into, should we talk about uh, the supervisors and how, and how, like, yeah. the, about that? Yeah. It, basically, the judge, the judge said, okay, so uh, it was very clear the judge's early parenting time over the holidays was necessary. Yes. Okay. But the judge did say, let's have you and uh, the other attorney go into a breakout room to discuss whether we can come up with a family member who's a suitable supervisor. Now, at this point, you, Matt, said to me, I'm not doing supervision. So I already knew what my mission was. My mission was to go in there and to basically say no. But- One more thing, though, I want to say. All the allegations, they started talking about DV, oh, domestic violence. So they started talking about domestic violence and all this shit, right? And I love Brittany. Brittany goes, are we trying to litigate the TRO right now? And I'll tell you what, Brittany, the fucking judge wasn't happy that you said that because he goes, you're interrupting her. But in my head, I go, good for you, fucking Brittany. Like, what are we talking about? What are we talking about DV now? We're talking about the best interest of my children. Shut the fuck up about DV and wait to fucking lose. But talk about that breakout room because I wasn't there. But that's a good point. That, that, that's, that's a good reminder. See, you remind me of something. So. I knew the judge wasn't going to be happy that I interrupted, but it needed to be said because all these allegations that were being brought up 
they were just that allegation. But the other attorney was representing them as fact. Yeah. Okay. Was represented as fact. So we go into the breakout room and um right away, uh basically the tone that I got was, Well, you're new to this case. You don't really know anything. Um, let me tell you how it is. And my response is I don't know stupid bitch. He has all his my entire story in my pocket right now. <laughs> my my See, my, my response verbally was, I don't really care how you think it is. Because your client's telling you whatever she wants to tell you. But facts are facts, okay? BCPMP this, BCPMP that. Has your client completed the evaluations? She didn't even know that her client had to complete evaluations. Really? Yeah. Well, we still got to get on that. I want an answer. Oh, we will absolutely will get an answer. But at that point, it wasn't even about, you know, I was just going to raise that. It's just not yeah, very. You know, we all know whatever a narcissist accuses you of is usually what the fuck they're doing. So if she's accusing me of being on drugs, I mean. Well, is she accused She accused your father of being on drugs. Yeah. And well, and me too, because that's why she had me drug tested. Well, right. But, you know, you passed that evaluation with flying colors and, um, and it's interesting that when I brought up the her evaluations, I was not given any affirmative answer as to whether they did them or whether they think they're above the law. But so all these DV talk, you told me that you guys talked a little bit about the DV in the breakout room. What did you say? Oh, uh, we did. I said basically, I said, listen, I said, you know, you brought up um, the issue of uh, the history of domestic violence, the history of domestic violence. Um, you brought up the history of domestic violence, you know, where I was the judge. And I said, and I just want you to understand something. I said, um, no matter what your client's telling you, I said, I have a timeline broken down for the day in question that you're talking about that places my client at no point in time in the house alone with your client. For, a, for, for, for anything of the sort that you're claiming to have happened. And that's what your entire case hinges on. And she comes back and says to me, uh, words to the effect of, oh, no, that's just the history of DV. I don't need to prove that. I need to prove the predicate act, meaning the most recent act of DV. And I said, yeah, but see, you brought it up because you were trying to, trying to sully, sully the, like, muddy the waters. We infect the judge's brain. I said, but um, if you think at trial you're going to win, on these, he said, she said allegations. I said, trust me, we're coming with receipts. Mm-hmm. We got the receipts. Let's go, Brittany. And, and that's go. pretty much, that pretty, sorry to interrupt, but that pretty much set her up right there. Yeah, because they don't know. And I even made the mistake one time of like getting fed up with my necks on Our Family Wizard. And I took a screenshot just of my recordings on my phone and sent it to her. And I go, keep your mouth shut because there's plenty more where that came from. And I sent her that. She's too stupid to know that I'm gonna bury her. But the thing is, is that come on, let's call a spade a spade. Have you ever seen a client who's as organized with me with all this evidence? Never. No. And what? Never. Never. I. What did I say to you when we met the first time in person? What? I said to you, I have never. I said, first of all, you tell your story very well, mm-hmm. and you tell your story in a very balanced way. When you tell me your story, you tell me the bad and the good most clients are very hesitant to be forthcoming about the bad 
your biggest concern in conveying to me your story was I want to tell you the worst things they could possibly say about me. Mm-hmm. Whenever a client leads with I that, had recordings of those. <laughs> and whenever a client leads with that, I say to myself, okay, this is someone I want to work with. You know why? Because he gets it or she gets it. Whoever the client is, right? They get that there are weaknesses that every, no case is perfect, but you made me aware of them straight up front. Then he, what did we do? We came up with a plan of how we were going to address those. And yeah. nothing that you raised to me was really uh, like wildly concerning. Right. You know, uh, it, it wasn't because at the end of the day, again, it, he said, she said. That's all we've got here. And anyone can make up lies about what happened during a marriage. And I can tell you this. The court does not care, okay, about um, marital contretemps, which is like marital argument, right? Because if, if the two of you screamed in each other and had arguments in front of the kid, no one likes that. No one loves it. It's not great. But that's not getting you a, a restraining or a plow restraining. Well, we'll talk about restraining letters. I want Brittany to be kind of like a reoccurring guest on this. Like, I'm thinking the future of this podcast is going to be a lot about legal advice. Now that I have somebody who, I have a lawyer who knows that I have a podcast. I want to do more legal things. But getting back to what happens today. So, um, so you were in that breakout room. You told her about the DV stuff. And did you guys talk about supervisor more or no? We did talk about supervisor. Um, basically, we proposed... Well, actually, no, we didn't propose anything. We said no supervisor, period. They said, why not this family member? And then we said that family member is not in the state. And mind you, it's Christmas. We're asking now people to um, just completely throw away their plans so that he can see his children when there's no reason that he needs to have a supervisor. Why do I need a fucking supervisor? Why? What? Look, because but no one has said that you need a supervisor at this point. No ones. So, so the judge did say, though, the judge did say something about a supervisor being a reason, a family supervisor being a reasonable request. Yes. The judge said that. But then um, what happened in the breakout room was basically they proposed a certain supervisor who was not going to be in the state. And then we, I said, the best you can do is this is my father. Now, my father. Here's the thing is that nothing against my dad. I do love my parents, but my dad and I's relationship has not always been great. It's been rocky. So um, I didn't, I don't. And the thing is, is like, I just don't want to infringe on people's Christmas plans. I just, who the hell am I to ask somebody else? Hey, can you help me raise my kids on Christmas? Because they think I can. Right. And I know I understood that map. I did. But we had, remember, we had a lot of conversation about, um, well, I mean, well, why did you call your dad right then and there? Yeah, I called my dad with Brittany on the phone. Well, listen, the mission statement of the whole thing was kids for Christmas, right? Like yeah. that was the mission statement, kids for Christmas, right? So um, you and I did the breakout room and let's let's be honest, you and I were heated. We were sitting there going, I'm like, Brittany, no, no, I'm not fucking taking the supervisor. You're like, do you want your kids for Christmas? I'm like, I don't know if I want it that bad. And you also said, you're like, do you... um would you pay for a supervisor? I'm like, no, no, I draw the line of paying for a supervisor. But like, what, what, what am I going to do? Am I going to just, again, roll over and say, all right, like I'll have my dad. And so, 
yeah, I called my dad on the phone and he's like, I'll sleep over, you know, whatever you need. But like, I'm a man. I'm a grown man. I don't need my seven-year-old father to do this shit for me. And uh, so I just said to Brittany, I said, you know what? I wish you guys could see me right now because I kind of feel the blood rushing from my face now. I just go, fucking do it. Fine, I'll do it. You You weren't happy about it. You weren't happy about it. But I I can tell you this, that um, you you were... It, it took a lot. It took a lot for me to 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 bring you back kind of down to earth for a second and remind you what is the priority here, right? Like it's five hours on your days, five hours on your days. And if it's supervisor for Christmas, I mean, we're making progress, right? Yeah. So all I needed to get from you was what was the bottom line? What will, what will that was as far as I was willing to stretch. Right. That was it. So, so the call, me and Brittany and I uh, end the breakout room and we go back into the main room with the judge. <laughs> now this is where it gets good. Well, the judge. Well, oh, sorry. Go I just want to back real quick. So, so when we um, and this is different to this like a negotiation tactic, right? A negotiation strategy. Once I knew your position on your dad and supervisor and how badly you just did not want that, but that I knew I had the authority to agree to it if necessary. Um, when we went into the breakout room with the other attorney, uh, and I said I proposed dad, and the response was dad's on drugs, and dad has this, and dad has that, and she won't agree. Um, and she wanted some other person. I said, Okay, you know what? We're getting nowhere here. Um, so let's just go back to the judge and we'll have the judge decide. I was not, or I was like, I said, do you really think that if we propose dad, paternal grandfather, our supervisor, and to the judge, and your client says no for this alleged drug issue, do you really think the judge is going to Do you really think that you're going to win on that argument? And I'm not going to lie, she's not my favorite person, so, um... I kind of uh, hung off on the breakout room. <laughs> so they're stubborn. They're just stubborn. That's really what they are. Both of them. Right, let's take our chances. Done. Yeah. Let's take our chances. So we. this is when it gets good. So we, we leave the breakout room. We get in the main room with the judge again. The judge comes in and he goes, "Are you? have you guys come to an agreement? And we said, no. We, uh, unfortunately, no. Nope. And so, yeah, you just said, unfortunately, no. So he goes, okay, I'll make my ruling. He immediately wants into his ruling immediately. And that's how'd you feel in that moment when he started talking? What'd you feel? What do you think? Um, the moment it came out of his mouth, he goes, A defendant will get unsupervised visits with his children. My everything in my well, going back to the stoic thing, I bit my tongue. I stood there and I didn't move. You did. And he said, you have unsupervised visits with your kids. And then he said, the time will be from Christmas Eve at 12 p.m. noon to 8 p.m. Christmas Eve. Okay? Of course, I want overnight stays with my kids. However, the real victory here is unsupervised visits. I'm not some criminal, some dirtbag who needs somebody to watch my kids with me. I can do it. So not only did he say Christmas Eve, he said New Year's Day, and we will alternate Saturdays and Sundays 
until the trial. So I have weekly eight-hour visits instead of one-hour visits with my kids unsupervised until the trial, which is February 6th. Additionally, he's going to give me phone calls with the kids. My usually dinner dates usually be Tuesdays and Thursdays. He's going to give me one-hour phone calls with the kids. Now, the kids are not going to sit there for an hour, but it's on FaceTime, and I get to see the kids. I get to talk to them. And now I don't have to go all week cramming my brain to think of shit that I could talk about with them in an hour. And I can check in on them. She's going to fucking interfere with those calls. But I'll be recording those too. And uh, <laughs> um, that's, so- that's a good point you bring up, actually. It's a good point you bring up because uh, the judge did order uh, your next to initiate those calls. Yeah. Now, to the extent she does not initiate those calls on time, or does not allow them to continue. What about interference? Now? What about interference? Interference in which way? What if she's trying to talk to me and, and badger me during the, the call? Oh, I mean, well, first of all, then, then she's violating her own restraining order and she's goading you into violating. So that's something we have to be very careful of, okay? Mm-hmm. Uh, the call should be initiated by her. And this is something I will absolutely clarify with her attorney. But initiated by her, meaning... She picks up the phone, she dials, hands it to your kids. Yeah. Right? I don't and then her. she should not be in the room. And if she's in the room and she speaks to you, Mac, you do not respond. What if she speaks to them? That's okay. She's going to say, come on to my son. She's going to say, come on, you got to, you know, come and take your yeah. bath or whatever. She's going to well, interfere. I'm sure she will interfere. That's why you're going to record them. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to keep me abreast after every single call. Okay. With the email of how long it lasted and what went down okay well i'll okay. send you the recording but i'll bullet point it but um but, but, but the reason i like it in writing and this stuff for other people too i think to hear especially pro se litigants things in writing in real time are easier to admit into evidence for a court than recordings awesome that's good advice so i want to make sure that when you have these calls you you notate when did they start when did they end did she interfere? Did, what if they don't happen? Immediately, I want to know. Because they're going to happen. She's just going to interfere. Well, she's going to have a problem because we're going to be on top of it. And but, and we're going to be on top of it. And and, and I, do, I, I think you're right. I expect her to come reeling. I expect her to be angry and try to do everything she can. Well, so, but, so I got that ruling, right? And everybody said thank you to the judge. We hung up. And you know what I'm going to do here? Something I've never done before. I'm going to put a little break here and I'm going to insert my reaction that I had when I got that ruling. I posted on Instagram, but I went, fuck it. It was a visceral, raw reaction. And I got to tell you, I'm not embarrassed of it. You guys can judge whatever you want. I'm not even embarrassed of it. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. 
Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Okay. This is super I was like, yes, fuck yes. I was just going crazy. Um, but I, yeah, go ahead, shoot. So I'll, I'm gonna I'm gonna say something uh, that I've never really said before either. When we got that uh, ruling and you and I spoke afterwards, I got choked up. I, I got choked up. Rule number one as an attorney is, you know, you don't let your emotions, uh, you don't let your emotions like come through in court. So I was of course stoic hearing the decision. But when we got on the phone after. I, I had to, like, you know, stop myself yeah. down that, how right it was. That's how right. justice just, was served. Just, yeah, justice was served. We're not walking out of here going, fuck the court system. Justice was served today. If anyone deserves that, it's you. Thank you. I appreciate that. And I could not have done this without you. I'm so glad that I, <laughs> that, you know, look at fucking social media, man, how cool social media is. Like, it connected us and, like, you're going to, listen, I'm going to go down the line 50 years from now and be like, remember when Britney just fucking dominated this shit? Like, it's going to be sick. We're going to, we're going to kill it. So yeah, just one yeah. last thing I want to touch on is you said, and I've said on this podcast, there's going to be revenge. There's going to be retaliation. And what can I do on Monday when she says, God forbid, and I'm just going to say it on this podcast because I've never been PC. What if she said, I touched the kids? What if she says, I hit the kids? What if she says some shit on Monday about how it didn't go well, but she wasn't even there? The most important thing for you to do mm-hmm. is after your visit, I want you to write me an update on how it went. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Why? Because if she says something happens, but I have from you a narrative mm-hmm. about how the visit really went, I have something in real time that I can use. Um, you see that every motive to retaliate, every motive to retaliate. Mm-hmm. She's made false allegations before. Mm-hmm. You have no re- like you have every reason to believe she'll do it again. So the answer is: Can you prevent her from retaliating and lying? No, we cannot prevent her, but we can prevent. We can protect ourselves. Right. Um, I, I made the suggestion of putting in cams in your house. I know. I just don't have the money, but I know. But I have but, my phone on me. I'm going to buy a fucking GoPro and I'm going to walk around like a cop with it. Like, like straddle to me. And I'm not even like joking. Let's talk about that for one second. OK, because I think it's important to remember that the kids should feel comfortable. Right. And not like they're being recorded. So you to the extent that we're concerned about retaliation, let's just start with. You give me an update in writing, okay, mm-hmm. for each visit. Okay. If she wants to make some false allegations, she's going to do it whether she wants to or not. But mm-hmm. if for some reason what you're saying comes true, we will immediately go to court. And we will immediately... I don't even see an issue with us having to file a motion about that because... Clear is retaliation on the, on the heels of this decision, right? Is anyone really gonna? 
she wants to call DCPMP and report something false, she's going to do it whether we can stop her. But the reality is the truth will prevail. The truth will always prevail. Thank you. Thank you. Well, Brittany, so that's what happened. That's why we're here. That's why we're celebrating. I will get my kids on Christmas Eve. I won't get them on Christmas Day, but it's still a huge victory because it's unsupervised visits. I don't care if I got them for two hours and it was unsupervised. I need unsupervised visits. So we got the ruling. I went out. I bought a Christmas tree. I still got a couple more presents to wrap, but the kids will be here tomorrow. I'm going to get some sleep. Thank you so much for doing this with me. You rock. We're going to bring you on for future episodes so we can talk about legal things. Like we're going to talk about TROs and we're going to talk about mediation and we're going to talk about this, that, and the other because there's people out there who can gain a lot of knowledge from you. And I really think that if we can, you know, outreach to some of these people and give them some of this armor, we can really start fighting these narcissists in court. And we, and, and, and I'm so happy to be a part of it. And I'm so thrilled with what you're doing. You're helping so many people. As an attorney, of course, I help people, but yours, you putting your story out there is so valuable, especially as a father. Thank you. Yeah. Actually, father. And I'm here to say that whether, you know, whether you're a mother or a father going through a situation like this, take, take a page out of Matt's book. Okay. Fight for yourself. Don't stop. Reach out to whoever. You never know. You might find a Britain Greasy. <laughs> I was just going to say, reach out to fucking Parisi Law Firm. Brittany Parisi, follow them on Instagram. Make sure you reach out to her. If you're in the state of New Jersey, if you're out of the state of Jersey, reach out to this woman because she knows her shit and she's going to fight for you if you fight for yourself. There you go. Couldn't have said it better myself, Mac. Awesome. Couldn't have said it better myself. I'm so thrilled to work with you. And Thanks. you know what? I'm so excited for you tomorrow. Yeah, me too. Well, thank you so much for doing this. Everybody, from the bottom of my heart, Merry Christmas to you and your families. I hope it's a great Christmas for all of you guys. And uh, until next time, everybody.